Welcome everyone to the UXperts podcast, episode number 19. I'm Jason Moore. I'm alongside my good friend, Effie Richel. Hey, Eff. Jason, hello, man. Another another episode in the books almost. Man, we're we're uh, we're really crushing it. Uh yeah, you know, we set a we set a a, a very non-public goal with one another and we just keep rolling right through these. Yeah, so we're there's you know what's happening to me is is as we're doing I don't. Well, of course you don't. <laughs> I don't. Is this is this that same? is what user experience professionals do is they ask questions to yeah. understand what's happening with another person. No, what's happening is is every time we do a podcast, I think, well, gosh, we gotta do a podcast on this what? topic. We, we we definitely should cover this topic, and that's what's happening. Yeah, and you know, I, admittedly, being a little bit more um, uh, OCD than maybe you might like to work, uh, I was pretty nervous about content for this year. And you're right. We sat down and we just started listing things out, and it was like, wow, we actually have very few gaps. Yeah, yeah. And, and plus, we want to do more AMAs and some guests. So yep. I think uh, I think we have no no lack of topics. I think it'll be. We're yeah. <laughs> we're nowhere close to the you know. I think Rogan just hit uh, 2,200 podcasts. Oh, yeah. There was an interesting article that came out. So uh, you know, something to aspire to for all podcasters. He re-signed with Spotify, got another big, big check. Um, if he needs any help on where to help spend that or <laughs> any, any, you know, sponsor, and he can feel free to reach out to our, our official PR agency. But uh, the cool thing about this contract is for the first time, he got a, a lot of money from Spotify, wow. which is great. I'm, I'm happy for him. I don't have anything against people making money. Yeah. And he got... Uh, released to move back to Apple Podcasts. So he kind of got the best of both worlds. Wow. So, yeah, now I can finally listen to him because I refuse to pay for Spotify. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, anyway, we have a really cool topic today um, that really, I think, probably goes back to some of the first conferences you and I attended together and how to engage with customers. And, you know, honestly, just like anyone else, not really embedded with a discovery team dealing with some maybe some apprehension to participate dealing with you know some self uh being a little self-conscious in terms of you know getting out there and drawing and doing some different things and and you and i both came across this about the same exact time and it's a, it's the topic of game storming 10 9 10 years ago you know maybe 10 months ago <laughs> so, so it was a while ago game sure. storming uh so it's a book it's a website and uh you know, when, when Jason put this book in my hands, whatever it was, let's say, you know, nine years ago, it, it immediately resonated with me. And I thought, yes, this is really yeah. uh, beautiful. So it's kind of like brainstorming, but with the word game, just for those who wonder how to spell it, it's game storming. It's great. It's, yeah, it's game storming. It's, it's a created word, obviously. Yeah. And, and really the, the, the genesis of this topic was, if, if I remember correctly, the origin story behind how we as a team were introduced to this was the fact that for the first time, um, web filings, which later became Workiva, was going to allow the UX team to participate in the annual user conference. And then mine was called the Exchange Community. Um, since rebranded and it's now referred to as Amplify and it's absolutely massive. Um, it's so massive. If you're familiar with, you know, the, the Opryland, um, Gaylord Opry is it? Yeah. yeah Gaylord. Yeah. yeah. Out in Nashville. Um, we, we basically went the whole thing out for yeah. a week. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and just take it over with customers and employees. And anyway, go to the Wayback Machine. And the head of UX at the time had said, hey, we're going to have you know an opportunity. Um, prior to Nashville, we were actually going to Orlando to spend time interviewing and talking with customers. And there was a very natural fear. Well, are we going to scare all these customers off? Are we just, are we going to inundate them with questions? And uh, how do we get in front of them in a very comfortable way to get results to make it of value for our, for the product teams? Yeah, Missing anything so far? Yeah, yeah, this is kind of why why it brought it about. Yeah, but 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 game storming is far more than it. Yeah, so game storming. I mean, just to to take a step back, it's it's okay. basically saying what is the concept of a game, mm-hmm. and and what is that structure, and how can you leverage that to help with innovation and and, and exploring ideas that are straightforward. So, mm. I I would I would make a distinction that you know we we actually use what they would call game storming sessions a lot in the UX uh, area, yep. but it's something that everyone in the knowledge worker space could leverage. Anyone who is, is in business and in, because of their, their knowledge, because of their brain power. Mm-hmm. And so, and then there's a time and a place for it. And so, um, but just to okay, take a step back before we get into that, like time and a place, like, like, uh, like thinking about what is the structure of a game. So mm-hmm. like, uh, what, one example I would give is, uh, you know, in the winter in, in Montana here, you know, my son says to me, hey, um, do you think I can hit that that street sign with a snowball? And I said, well, go ahead, try it. And he hits it. And I'm like, all right, first one to hit it five times wins. And then he says, all right, are we taking turns? And I say, yeah, we're taking turns. You know, we're not going to go ad hoc, willy nilly, just throw like mad. And so that is a game. Okay, so there was a start. There was a middle, there were parameters, there was mm-hmm. the space, there was, you, you understand what the objective is, and there isn't a clear ending, mm-hmm. right? And so that- And, and it's fun. And, and and it's fun for us, it was fun. Yeah. But that that concept is is what the premise of this uh, idea is about. So okay. you're, you're taking the the elements of, of, of a game and you're bringing that into the business world. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying- Okay, I'm gonna use this kind of same structure to to help innovate with with the uh, with this business problem that we're solving. So where game storming is not appropriate is when you've got a clear cut. We know what we need to deliver. We're go so so like you're getting from A to B, right? That's what commonly you know all the time in business. You want to get from A to B. A lot of times you know exactly what B is and you know what the process is going to be to get there. Mm-hmm. That's when you do not need game storming. You just do it. You make your plan and you do it. Where you need the game storming is where you say, I'm not sure, maybe I don't even know what B is, or I'm not sure how we get there, or what is it? And that's where you need to start doing discovery and you need to start having activities to bring about creativity, to bring about ideas, to bring about uh, innovation. And that's where all these games and activities come in. And there's in the book, Game Storming, which I have in my lap right now, there's, I don't even know how many, probably 80 to 100. Yeah, there's several. I'm just looking at the categories and there's... been on, on, yeah, online, you could see a lot. They have put a lot on Lloyd as well. Um, and I've used both resources. There are different games in both. So it is worth buying the book and, or, and also referring online. And so uh, maybe at some point I'll, I'll tell stories of both. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that just to 
cross the T on that. I, I think the the other thing too is because it's a game, because it's meant to be fun, because it's meant to help drive business activities where, as Effie said, the goal might be a little bit blurry or, or completely unknown. Um, it's also, as a primary intention, meant to increase participation where, you know, and that could work both ways, right? With other employees who maybe are less inclined to do so, or like I was starting to get into, you know, the side where the customer is, you know, maybe in the middle of a trade show, wanting to walk past your booth, not necessarily looking to, you know, get engaged in, in, a, in a deep conversation. This is a very uh, low risk way to invite them in right. and, and do something that is going to be fun, get them to participate and, and create value all around. And it's creating value because you're creating. So with that example, you're creating. So with a game, you've got, you know, your opening, you've got your messy in between time and yep. then you've got your close. And so, you know, for that example, you would make it a short thing and you would just have them engage in a brief way. And, and, a bad example. I don't know why. Why does this one come to mind? Because because <laughs> it's tactile. I like tactile. Okay. <laughs> we were building this new database system, and we had these two jars, and it was like databases, hot or not, and we had like little pebbles that they could put into the jar. Yeah. And it was a very basic, stupid, simple game. Right. When it was it was like ridiculous because you know who cares which jar they put it in. But what it did do was it brought about discussion. And we started talking, we started hearing from people what their fears were about databases. Right. And how comfortable they were with the idea of, oh, could I work in a database? Right. And, and so actually it was incredibly valuable to us as a company. And at that time we were early exploration. But I still have people mock me about this in text messages. Databases, hot or not? <laughs> yeah, no, no. And I, if, you know, and again, I think, well, yes, you were in a new line of business. Um, same thing for me. I mean, the one where it was like, I mean, forget about A to B. It was like A to one or A to square. I mean, there was, <laughs> it was such a murky. It was so undefined. It was, it was such a, yeah, murky, undefined problem that we were really trying to do anything to get people to think of larger business problems and not necessarily the solution we were trying to solve. And, and so um, definitely, you know, I, I think anytime that the problem becomes that uh, unclear, I, I think you have a real challenge, but, but, but the thing is, is that game storming allowed us to have conversations with people that would otherwise either not take our phone call or just simply walk by our booth and not, and not engage yeah. with you yeah. know, uh, a, a new product that they had, you know, because yeah. especially the, the customers that have been with us for a while, First thing they said was, "Is oh, I'm not familiar with this. What's going on here?" And you know, the 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 way you start that conversation is, "Well, we're we're looking to do something new. Can we talk to you about this yeah. particular problem we're solving?" And and then and then introduce the game and see yeah. if we can have a little bit of fun. So so what you describe in the game storing book they call fuzzy goals, uh, and they say this: uh, a fuzzy goal is one that motivates the general direction of the work without blinding the team to opportunities along the journey. And and basically they say the fuzzy goals must give a team a sense of direction and purpose while leaving team members free to follow their intuition. So mm -hmm. instead of saying our goal is 1,000 units or whatever, you know, at the end of the game, you might find out that, you know, the goal was just to like finish this, this activity, but you don't actually know 1,000 units or whatever. You don't have something miserable like that. Right. So... But these fuzzy goals, they say, are actually critical for for like true innovation. You know, you've got to have some sense of like, 
but 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 basically they say you've got to to define in the characteristics of a fuzzy, a fuzzy goal you've got basically some sort of like emotional uh you know goal like so that they've got to be aligned with people's like passion and energy um and then you've got to have something that's sensory so like you can you can have something that's like tangible sketching you know involved right and then something that's progressive like you feel like okay this is going somewhere you know it's going to be it's not just sitting there it's not static it's changing you know right and so uh fuzzy goals are actually a very important important thing because a lot of times even in as big business you know you've got your clear goals and then there's a lot of fuzzy ones you know and there's like well what where does this what should we be doing next and how does that look and so you need to have some sort of tools in the tool belt to to get the team there and get them aligned. Very well said. And I, I to me, I, I think that's even more important when you're dealing with internal teams. So internal meeting, I know how much everybody loves the marathon, ninety minute or you know three hour sessions where you've got a bunch of people in the room, and most of them um, wish they were doing their actual day, daily responsibilities exactly. <laughs> versus being in whether it's quarterly planning. Or a you know maybe not a retro for um, a sprint cycle, but maybe more like you know figuring out where do we go from here. We released our you know it's always easy to release the first effort. It's the sophomore effort or the sophomore release that becomes a lot more challenging because it's not as clear. And so um, when you brought that up, the first thing I started thinking was like, yeah, how do we get the people in the room to want to participate? And I think there's easy suggestions we brought up in the past, like affinity mapping. Yes. which can lower the barrier so that, to entry. And that is one of the, the game storming yep. lists. So that, you know, that in the list of 100 or whatever in this book, affinity mapping comes up twice. <laughs> I'm sure because it it is the easiest way to see how much disagreement exists amongst the team. And for me, it feels like one of the even more easier ways to increase participation. Yeah. Because as people start to see, oh, wow, we're actually really not that far off. We do have some like edge cases on things that people are thinking about, but generally we're aligned. And now all of a sudden the room kind of perks up because yeah, if I'm putting my ideas up first and I'm hesitant to even be in this meeting and then Effie comes up and starts to align with some of the things that I'm saying mm-hmm. and then some other people are doing that and then someone's saying something that I actually hadn't even thought of that kind of gets me excited. Now there's an energy in that room right. that will help you guys move forward because now all of a sudden it's not my plan, it's our plan. Exactly. And that's a very so, easy game to play. So what I'll do is I'll explain what affinity mapping is just for the those who, you know, maybe either haven't done it or, you know, want to understand. And 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 I think at some point we'll we'll really go through kind of the the core structure of what makes a good session and how do you mm-hmm. run these but basically with affinity mapping, you 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 actually can ask any question in the world you want. You could say, what's it going to take to reach this vision? What's Or whatever you want to do. And then you give people uh, this silent time. And this is really, really important that everyone has their own silent time. You don't, because in a normal discussion, you've got people start talking and then you end up with ep- the loudest voices win. I kind of think. And part of what this does is it brings out the quiet people and the different, maybe other cultures, you know, people from like Asia or Finland, you know, like there's certain customers. Well, that, that they don't talk as much. They, really? they, they think more, right? They're, they're more like their process of, of creativity is much more internalized first. Okay. As a culture. I mean, not individually. Okay. 
Um, I'm sure there's a, I, I, I know a loud Finnish friend, but, <laughs> but, but like, but what I'm saying though is, yep. is, is, you know, you've got this sense that you've got a, there's a structure to this. So what you do is you, you open, you open the, the session and say, all right, here's what we're going to do. Everyone get your sticky notes and you can do this digitally, you know, if you, if you need to. And here's the question we're going to solve, write down your stickies. And then we're going to go together and we're going to put them on this this board together and, and explain your sticky of what you wrote down. And if it, if you're doing it physically, you would use Sharpies because you don't want people to write a lot on their stickies. I've been in sessions with that where I'm like, wait, 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 what? You're using a ballpoint pen? No, 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 no. Because they're writing a paragraph or whatever. It's like, yeah. you know, it, and so you put parameters, right? Just like any game. And then they get them on a board and then you start to say, all right, how are these similar? And, and one basic simple way to do an affinity map is to just draw two lines on a whiteboard so you've got three columns mm -hmm. and you just go how are these similar and, and you try not to do more than like three or four at the most to so try to like just keep them together yeah and i in 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 yeah i think another interesting point on that too is you know you're not just leaving it so open-ended that it's a free-for-all it is very much guided around maybe two or three questions that we would want to ask sure w where is our particular product failing um, what did we learn about how our team likes to work from the last release? Right. Or, you know, someone, the moderator typically will, will need to inject a, a question into the conversation to help rally. And right. then over those maybe three right. or four questions, you're, you're organizing those ideas. Yeah. It, 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 to call that out too, you called it a moderator, you could call it, you know, the leader or whatever the session, yep. the person overseeing it. Like basically you need to have, uh, this, this real like there has to be a structure and somebody doing leading, mm -hmm. and that's a really important uh, aspect of any of these these sessions. So, um, they can be led well and they can be led poorly, and and I think that's a skill that you learn over time. Well, typically you want that person to be fairly neutral, right? Like if I'm the lead designer on that project, I actually don't want to be the moderator because I want to participate. Well, you know, but that oftentimes weighs on the lead designer. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and so I tend to think about, you know, someone like our good friend, Janie, who was a delivery manager who could remain fairly neutral. Yeah. Um, because someone, someone has to be able to capture and organize and separate. So I, I think, yeah, your valid point is that if you can be neutral enough to basically take what everyone's saying and, and, and really make, make sense of it in a way that everyone can appreciate. And Really, you know, you know, imagine this, um, you know, so in the world of UX, we have what we call the double diamond and some have actually done the triple diamond. So what, what the double diamond, imagine you've got two um, diamonds or, or like, uh, you know, squares at, in 90 degree uh, next to each other. And so at the beginning, there's this point where everyone's starting together in the same spot. And then the diamond happens and that's where, you know, if you imagine time is the the access well uh -huh. at some point it gets it diverges it diverges it diverges and it gets really big and then eventually and i think the game storming happens at that diverge 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 and then you've got uh and they have it in the book they call it um converge well converge happens after <laughs> there's diverge and then there's there's uh like the experimentation and the right what's the word they use it's not it's a it's a verge word <laughs> Diverge and then something and then convert, um, and so and so you 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 want to use that time 
to explore and and really really you know come up with uh, emerge emergent divergent emergent and convergent i found it on the book it sounds like a great movie for a young adult series <laughs> Maybe a future idea. Uh, no, no pun intended. Uh, yeah. So, so you you really take that opportunity. To, like that's the game story. So, you don't. You know, at the beginning of when you're game storming, you know, one of these principles is you've got to be. Nobody can say no. You know, you don't want anyone to to poo poo ideas. Mm-hmm. You want everything to be early exploration. Mm-hmm. But then you need that convergence. And that's when you start. So either by the close of your game activity or your workshop or day session or whatever, or, or at some point, you know, maybe that would, and, and you can string these along. So a lot of, like, if you're doing this, like if you're doing like a day or two of workshops, you might do like five or six or seven of these activities. Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, you want to start having convergence, shared understanding. And then you could have the second diamond is like, okay, now we're going to explore ideas. We're going to, take this idea and prototype it and, and see how well it goes, come up with a bunch of ideas, test them, and then we've got our final idea for delivery. And that's the double diamond. The triple diamond is now we've delivered it and now we're user testing the beta and we're making sure that this early software is making sense and we change some things, yeah. from, you know. So that's the triple diamond if you if you do such a thing. But. Yeah, no, really good call out. I mean, I think like any of these activities, the danger is always doing or completing an activity without understanding the value that comes out of it. And and I, I think you're right. There was a, a CX program that I was kind of a co-sponsor on and very similar where we did some affinity mapping. Then we actually let people vote on what they, you know, okay, we see these large buckets oh, yeah. of things. Yeah. Everyone gets three votes. That's it. So dot voting is another one. Yeah. Like yeah. And, and, then, and then from there, it's like, okay, well, the, this group of leaders, because we're the ones in the room that are going to be solving this problem, it looks like we all agree that this is a problem. And above and beyond that, most of us agree this is the problem that we need to solve. Right. And that's really eye-opening to get that aha moment yeah. in the room. And he, uh, in the particular situation I was thinking of, it was you know realizing that you know usability was was suffering, um, but it wasn't necessarily the usability in the app itself as much as it was the handoff of the sales team to the implementation team for the customer and all the things that they've been promised were going to automatically happen. And then to get into the implementation meeting to get set up to use this large enterprise system and to, and to unfortunately have a negative response to things that they were expecting to be there. Right. Right. It was completely not anywhere close to being on my radar. And I think a lot of the other people in the room didn't see it either. I don't even think the sales revenue leaders realized it. But when we started listing out the things that we needed to improve on and we saw that happen and then people started voting, it's like, okay, everyone, that is a usability issue. Like I'm not skirting responsibility, but if we fix that, that will have a trickle down effect of fixing the symptom of negative usability response in the app itself. So that was a, that was a really good way that game storming was able to promote you know, cohesive shared understanding amongst the, you know, business leadership. That's, and that's exactly what it's used for. It's a great story. And, you know, I mean, the dot voting thing is so good. I, uh, I've, I've done it a lot over the last, you know, handful of months, but the time I'm thinking of is when we had a bunch of users in the, in the room, that was like 10, yes. 10 of our users. And, and 
it was at a, a conference and and we said I said you know we were doing this journey map exercise. We were yeah. Saying, okay. At this stage. Yep. Take your stickies. Write down the things That's that right. are always oh, sharpies. Write down the things that are most most painful for you or the things that you know you you know are most important. Whatever. We we did the whole you know journey maps. You do thinking, feeling, doing. Yep. I think we kept it to those three: thinking, yep. feeling, doing. Yep. Uh, no, I think we we didn't pick you. Uh, yeah, actually, I have it right here because I wanted to reference it as a it's, note. It's thinking, feeling, thinking, hearing, saying, seeing, and then you know maybe mapping out some pains and gains. Pains and gains. Yeah. So so anyway, they they wrote a bunch of things on stickies for each, yep. each, and then I said, all right, well, let's walk through each one. And then as we walked through them, I stood there with a sticky pad. And somebody would say something that wasn't written down, and I would write it down, and pop it on yep. the board. And then we people would keep talking, and they'd talk about their stick. You know, as we went through each phase, and all these users. And then at the end, you know, but with me just talking to them and getting more, I ended up putting another you know dozens of stickies on. Oh yeah, because session people are going to see other things that are going to spark ideas. Yeah, whether it's an and addition then, to or a bridge to yeah. another idea. Exactly. Yeah. And so then the dot voting, and this is what's so brilliant about this, is is in the game storm. Everyone gets it right away because we grow up with games. Right. And they walk in the room. They're like, "What are we doing? Oh, we're doing activity." Oh, we, I'm not going to sit in my chair for the next oh, three hours. This is great. Yeah. It's so everyone's standing around, right. and, and as I'm, I'm going through this, and and they're just engaged, they're into it, right. and 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 then they're, I say, all right, you ready? Here's here's these like little little dots, you know, you've got you've got three, that's it, each, you've got three, three each, little red dots. Where are you going to put your red dot? You only got three. Yep. And which sticky note are you going to put it on that you want us to focus on first? Yep. And and what was incredible. Is out of the ten people, there were like, like twelve dots on this one sticky. Right. I <laughs> mean, it's, like, it's, it's, so it says, it's obvious. And so it says, "Can I vote on something twice?" And I said, "Yeah, you've got three. You only have, but you only have three. Yeah, but they did. They put two on there, and everyone else was like, "Yeah, you guys fix this." And we're all like, "Yeah, that's actually we we play." I've know. never seen it. I've never looked at it at the end of any of that exercise, whether it's the idea lab, which we talked about in earlier episodes. Uh, or an internal meeting or an external customer visit where you look up and it's not obvious what the top at least two things are. Yeah. And, and and I would be remiss if I didn't troll a little bit and say, because it's an election year, <laughs> we, 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 didn't, we didn't allow any mail-in voting. You had to be present and you had to put your dot on there itself. So a uh, little election humor for our audience. Oh, Jason. <laughs> you have to. You have to. Yeah, there's no trading of dots. There's no double dots. No double dip. No, this is all you get. Uh, so, so yeah, like that. I think that's the structure. I mean, and so, yes. like, I do want to go through like kind of what are the in, in the game story, but they have like the ten core things. But I think I think I have a, an example from this week, right? About when to use game storming and when not to use game storming. Oh, yeah, because well, it was it, it came down to um, I have a good when not to use game storming. Oh, sorry. All right. Yeah, actually, because I immediately I was like, well, no. Why would you never want to play game? It, it was the example where we were going into a completely new line of business. Yeah. And it was so, we were so vague because we it was it was so fuzzy to yeah. use the authors fuzzy, yeah. the authors terms that we engaged with people, but it was it because it was so far out from something that we had done in the past. There wasn't a bit. There was a barrier to entry because of the the subject matter knowledge necessary to follow along that we had really great conversations, 
But if I'm being honest, when we debriefed, we actually didn't walk away with a lot of tangible things that we could yeah. act on yeah. other than, okay, we're using a technology that maybe a lot of people don't get. And, and, um, and, and, and maybe if, if I'm being self-reflective, we didn't choose the right game because right. Like, as Effie's going to talk about some of these games, that has a lot to do with it too. Yeah. You've got to choose the right, you got to choose the right game and the right activity, the right how difficult the problem is, how difficult the game is. There's those there's, imbalance. Like I said, I mean, this is a thick book. It's, you know, close to 300 pages and there's a lot of, lot of different activities and each one is, you know, between one and five pages. So yeah, you can just imagine there's a lot of great, and of course we're not going to talk about all of them, but you know, imagine you've done a SWOT analysis, maybe, you know, strength, weakness, opportunity, threats, you know, it's a basic activity right but that is an activity you could do as a group like there's a lot of things that we take for granted that, oh yeah that is an activity it's not just a regular discussion you're right you're actually having people start there's a start there's a middle there's an end there's a structure you're trying to work on this thing together you could use stickies to do it or whatever you want so so like there's a lot of different opportunities so yeah the, the example that i'll give was uh <clears throat> a current effort uh, and uh I had told the researcher, you know, like, you know, started coming up with this, uh, you know, game plan for this effort. And, and, um, I, I have encouraged my whole team to use assumption matrices and I love assumption matrices. So mm -hmm. what, an, what an assumption matrix is, is you, you take all your assumptions about your project, this project, and you write them on sticky notes. And then what you do is you take those and one of the the premises of, of, of these is you, you, you try to, you try to plot things. It's nice. It's helpful to plot things graphically. Right. However that is, maybe you've got a target and you've got your bullseye and then it, it goes out from there. Right. Um, the, the X, Y axis is another one. And that's what yep. I was doing with this one. And how, how are you mapping those out? So I, I've seen it done a couple of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So the way we were doing it was on the far right, uh, you've got, the most risky, uh, the most risky, which is like the biggest, the bigger assumption. Okay. So level of unknown. risk is horizontal. Yeah. It's horizontal. And that's the level of unknown. So if, if it's all the way to the right, we're making an assumption that we aren't entirely sure about. And then the vertical, the vertical axis. So at the top is the level of, of effort to the impact. Like what, how much of difference does this make? Very basic X, Y axis. Okay. And then you end up with any X, Y axis, you've got four quadrants. You've yep. got the bottom left, mm -hmm. bottom right, top left, top right. And the idea with an assumption matrix is you're like, everything that's on the right is stuff that we don't, we're making assumptions and we don't, we're not entirely sure. So like my assumption is we should build this, this, this thing that we're talking about. This is an important. You think that we should do this. Yeah. Yep. And, and hopefully you're not even going into this project unless that sticky is on the far left. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't. You don't want to be making that assumption and have everybody already doing this. Like you, you should have vetted that out ahead of time before these kinds of sessions. Uh, so a quick clarified question, because I feel like I'm getting lost on this one. Is it risk or is it assumption? So when, when you said, when you said risk, um, to me, that would be it's the level of unknown. Okay. It's the okay. level of unknown. So I was thinking about that a different the way. The higher level of unknown. Yep. About my assumption. I got so. If, if we think this is not, if we're not sure if this is important, that that would be all the way on the right. Mm -hmm. And by golly, we need to test that out first. That's a higher level of unknown, right? We're not sure. And therefore more risky. So it's risky. Got it. And that should be top right, 
top right of the top right quadrant yeah. because you're you need to figure that out first before you start doing well, it. especially if you think it's going to be that amount of effort and it's that unknown right right because it's the whole effort that's right that's a that's the, it is the core oh, that helps thank you so 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 then you know what you do is you 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 come up with your stickies and then yep. ideally as a group you decide where they should where should they should live and then you what you need to do is that top right quadrant so the stuff that's the most level of impact on mm -hmm. what we're building and it's got the highest level of uh like unknown that, that this assumption that we're making that's the stuff we need to to vet out. We need to test. We need to talk internally. We need to yeah. talk to users. We need to vet it out. Move all those to the top left quadrant, and now we're ready to start our project. So, softball question, because I, I do like how you're making sure everyone's going to be following along with the conversation, because um, that, that is the point of these. Yeah. So, softball question, slow pitch. Okay. What happens if you put a Post-it note up in the top right, and I think it should be on the bottom left? Well, we discuss it because that eventually, you know, it goes to the middle or it goes somewhere, but eventually we have to all have, so it's consensus. all debatable. Everything's debatable. Okay. And so eventually you get consensus on every sticky and you know, if, if people understand the spirit of the game, uh, you know, the activity, it's, it's going to be useful because all it's there for is to get shared understanding on what are the biggest things we don't know yet that we need to vet out. However we can, we need to do some research and that's called discovery, right? Like that's the discovery phase of, of product development. And yes. And, and frankly, this is important for any business decision, I think, to do activities like yeah. this. I just had this, like this, uh, this picture in my head of, I wonder if all the big tech CEOs sat around a giant table doing affinity mapping for return to office policies. <laughs> Probably. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> they should have. So, so in this case, uh, and 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 I've I've been encouraging my whole team to be doing these more. Yes. Because what I found is when you do this, it gets everyone on the same page initially, right at the beginning, and it's just one of many activities they could do. There's a lot of ways to do this, but I like this one in particular, and I think you know it's an easy one to just have one one hour session. Yeah. Get everyone on the same page, and then you can go off and do some discovery research and talk to customers and. Well, at least, you can, at least you can all walk away with agreeing you know what the biggest thing to work on is. Right, exactly. Because there's always more things to do than there is right. time. Right. So, <laughs> an example of when this was not the right thing to do. Oh, okay. To do. This is... Well, um... I always love good fail stories. It, well, it, it, it's a partial fail, yeah. but it's... Because it's, it's generally the best thing you could do for any... However, this particular problem... Yes. As we started the, this 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 exercise, we came to realize quickly, like, oh wait, there's two different levels to this. There's the this next quarter we need to build this thing, which is entirely like infrastructural backend, like, well, mm -hmm. like, and it's it's again A to B, and here's the steps. We just need to figure out those steps and do them. And B is known, and it's just like we don't need to do this big discovery game storming activity. Right. There's an example where you don't need that. Right. Where you need it is this bigger vision of but then where do we want to head? Right. Where do we want to head with this? And everyone was super confused because everyone was all over. Some people were t saying stuff that it's like, but that's not like till two years down the road. Like, why are you even putting that sticky there? Yeah. And other people were asking and they were questioning things about like, no, no, we just need to do that. Like, why are you questioning it? And then it ended up with, there's a whole kerfuffle. I ended up spending hours and hours, <laughs> mostly with the upper leadership. 
sorting it all out, yeah. drawing diagrams till we were all on the same page, which we were. That was and... your blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> the long story short is this was supposed to be fun. We're supposed to be having a we're like playing a game right now, and everyone's everyone's mad at everybody. No, they were mad. They were mad. It was just that. There was definitely no shared understanding. I ended up having to debrief, which, which is a good thing to to realize that. Well, I think that's that's the, and honestly, oh, wow, I, we're not aligned at all. Now that I'm recording a podcast, I realize actually there was a tremendous value to even running yeah. the exercise because it revealed right who did not have the shared understanding because that became really clear. Yeah, and so now at the end of this week, I'm happy to say we have shared understanding as an entire org, and we're we're clear on what we're going to do next quarter and we're clear on like these are the questions we need to ask for our bigger vision so i think actually it was incredibly valuable it took more of my time than i would have liked <laughs> but <laughs> your you know cortisol levels went up a little bit yeah yeah so game game fail uh game business wins business, yeah. yeah i mean i think that's the value of these things you're right. getting people on the same page you're getting people to participate and you know because what happens is one person says well, it's very clear. We just need to deliver this. And they say, oh, well, we're going from A to B, and that's what we're doing. And in their brain, that's something completely different than what everyone else is. Well, and it typically comes from their their vantage point, right, the right. things they care about, their hierarchy of needs. Right, right. Right? You know, they're an infrastructure person. Well, you know, this is all we really have to do to get, mm -hmm. you know, to the next place. So it, it's it's merging those ideas from all the different perspectives exactly. to get to that best decision. Yeah. So. So uh, yeah, I retract. I think it was it was great. Yeah. It, although maybe that wasn't, but maybe that was that was a fine game to reveal the lack of under shared understanding, yeah. so that we could. And sometimes you have to do that. Like sometimes you have to point a light in the dark corner and say, "Hey, mm -hmm. I'm doing this so I can have everyone have the aha moment." Um, and and I certainly you know you, you, there's uh, always the premise of like the meeting before the meeting right right right, say, right right so sometimes I'll try and like torpedo something intentionally just so other people in the room can understand like we're we actually aren't aligned at all everyone thinks that we are but until we actually put it down on paper that's when people go oh you said X and I was thinking two <laughs> great yeah. let's talk a little bit more about that so. We, we, yeah, that was a that was a that was a long time on a, the affinity mapping and the, and the voting. But <laughs> um, yeah, one quick thing that we didn't point out in the beginning, just as as people are going along in the podcast. Um, so everything we're referencing uh, it is, as Effie said, a book called Game Storming, and conveniently, it's also found at GameStorming.com, where you can get a sample of all the different um, games. No, that we, not all, not all, but oh, I, I counted twenty five categories. There's a lot of categories. So. Yeah. So it's, and it was handy about it. Okay, so here's another story. Okay. What's handy about the online that I like, that the book doesn't do quite as well, is is the searching. So right. I I was at a, I had a challenge in my last previous company. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know, let's say two and a half years ago or so, where I felt like all of this kind of upper leadership didn't have consensus or an understanding of what what is the biggest market opportunity what's the biggest thing sure. we need to 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 focus on next because there were just there was just so much possibility and so i went on their site and i you know basically looked at 
the categories and I clicked on decision making. Okay. And went down and there's one there called navigate your market opportunities. That's a good one. And in fact, it has all these like printouts and stuff. So yeah. I did all, I did the whole, it was a two day thing. Okay. And I had five of us in the room and we did this. We, we filled, we, uh, we filled all the whiteboards in the room. We filled all the glass windows in the room. We filled every space yeah. with stickies and writing and really came to this incredible consensus. And, um, you know, I started it out with an affinity, with a couple of different affinity mapping exercises. Like what's the biggest thing that would make a difference in the company? I can't remember the, the questions exactly, but had people throw them on there and then we affinity mapped and discussed. And, and then I got, I began this and you can, I'm not going to go through every step, but basically says that you know, you've got one to six people and you know, basically, you, you know, between two hours and two days, and we basically did like one and a half day. And, um, and then they've got a lot of different, you know, basically, you know, sticky notes, putting it all on a place, discussing them, you know, doing this and that, summarizing your ideas. And then there's like these, these, uh, structured kind of like, um, you know, these printouts that you can write down, like, you know, to write down, and 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 go through it's a very very kind of like honed in mm-hmm. activity like there's a lot of steps and a lot of of uh elements to it so it's not one that is easy to come up on your own but but what was incredible about it is it, it we took every single one of the top opportunities that we discussed and we ran them through this we put them on this uh like kind of evaluate market opportunity attractiveness step which is the step mm-hmm. two there were three major steps sure and we looked at kind of the potential and the challenge and, and, and went through and, and it was incredible because there were a few things that we thought, you know, when we did our first round that we thought, wow, this would be great. And then we did the second round and we were like, okay, yeah, that's, that's got too many challenges. Right. And in the end, we honed down and came up with our top market opportunity that we needed to focus on, which, and in the end, it wasn't like, it wasn't like it was like a, you know, this crazy new thing that was out of out of nowhere. Right. But we had done this exercise and we had consensus among all of us. And I remember this, um, the leader in the marketing department, you know, she said to me, she says, I was worried when this was on my calendar and blocking off a day of my half of my life. Yeah. And I was worried that like, what the heck's going to happen? And she's like, I was thrilled when you started leading it and I realized the value we were going to get. Right. And, you know, you know, a lot of people don't get these opportunities a lot, you know, to, to do activities like this, but it's just incredibly valuable because all of us, all five of us in that room now had shared understanding and we lift it all up on all the walls. And eventually I brought the CEO in there and I was like, all right, look. And I just started pointing at it to stuff to him and explaining. And, you know, he ended up buying it, you know, like, so there was just incredible value to doing this, you know, and, and I think, you know, I think we need to take those risks because taking a risk of saying, I'm going to take five high, highly paid people to take a full day and a half of their lives to focus on something. Yeah. Like that's a risk. You have to. Especially, yeah. yeah. If you walk away with nothing. Yeah. It's a, and, it's a big risk. And you have to know that it's going to produce something right. for, for all of the individuals involved, but the company. Right. It's got to be valuable for the company. And, and, but I think that is the role 
And coming back to what we do in UX. So again, this is this is useful for anyone in the knowledge working space. Yes. And I think any one of those five people could have been the one to lead it. I was new to the company. I saw this issue. and I was Well, and you had done this before. It. Yeah. Well, not this particular activity. No, but you were familiar with the concept. Right, right. Right. And what I did, you know, my and my preparation was intense. I mean, I read through the activity like many times and I printed out all these things and I had all, and I got all the sticky notes and everything ready yep. and like made sure there were snacks for us and like, like it's a lot of work to to pull off something like this successfully, but it is so, so, so valuable. Right. And I, I just can't, I can't even say it enough. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. You know, there, there aren't a lot, not every company is going to do this. And most companies don't do this today. I, I had a good friend of mine um, that I've been networking with over the last few months who, who took a job with a, a, a very big cybersecurity company. And he called me and said, Hey, I took this role. Yeah, I said, "Oh, that's fantastic! That's going to be a really good. That's a great logo for your resume." And uh, I mean, it, it's like borderline fang level. Yeah, and yeah. and he, he said, "Yeah, I'm just I'm just not I'm just not that excited." So, okay, well, let's talk through that a little bit. What's going on? And he's like, "Well, you know, it's a very I'm 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 in like right below a C level role, and I'm going to be going in and doing product and a really." hot emerging area and being vague on purpose. And he said, when I interviewed with the CEO and the CPO and said, well, how, how am I measured here to understand whether or not I'm successful? And they're like, oh, it's easy. You're going to have KPIs and it's all about execution. If you're coming in here to just like do strategy, um, we already have that figured out. And so he was like, crap like i'm gonna make a really good paycheck but there's really not gonna be there's not gonna be any game this company they're not gonna be game storming you know they're basically have a blueprint execute on the blueprint and move forward and so when you said that it's like we've been fortunate to get to work for some companies who who embraced it and then taught us and then now we yeah. spread that we've got to work for other companies who uh maybe didn't know they they didn't know what they didn't know yeah but they weren't against it. Right. And then you have these other larger enterprise companies who are just like, oh, no, 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 The adults in the room already came up with the plan. Right. And 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 that's actually toxic. So I think, well, it is. It's not, a, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's it, toxic. So you need to empower the people who are actually doing the work. Right. You need to empower those people to influence the business strategy. And, you know, the business strategy... Yeah does come from those strategic leaders and it should but they need to rely on those who are involved in customer conversations and in building things they need to rely on those people to influence their product strategy so we're well, certainly not going to keep people around for a long time because no, no. I, I could see like I, I might make it you know I wouldn't last. I wouldn't last at all. No. But I also think it's important too to to make sure what what you're and I know you're not saying this. What you're not saying is is that it's a free for all and we're going to let anybody come up with a business plan because sometimes that also means letting an Effie or a Jason come up with an idea and then having someone with the knowledge and the and the and the skill set to say great idea but it's at that's actually not correct for these number of reasons sure and and now you're educated and and can contribute yeah. at a higher level well 
you know, taking a step back, you know, so um, back in September, I, we did the podcast on on journey mapping. We did because I I because I got the the budget to get a group of us to gather and do an in person journey map workshop for two days, and uh, you could listen to that uh, whatever episode that is. <laughs> the way back machine. The way, the way 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 back. But but uh, but I mentioned that because that. Doing that journey map exercise was a was a day and a half of game storming activities, and that's what it that's what it is, right? And so we everyone knew going in, okay, here's the objective. We're going to create this together, and it was Effie and this other person, researcher I hired, brand new to the company, and who ran it, and basically did a bunch of different activities, and we had a lot of different you know kinds of these things. Some of the things we've talked about to come to the conclusion of this, this initial journey map. Well, that journey map now, you know, I created a, a very nice looking, uh, visual representation of kind of the core ideas of it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you imagine it with a journey map, you've got the, the core, what are they doing? You know, you've got the steps. Mm -hmm. And then I called out within there, some of the biggest pain points with like these little visual, like explosion, like kind of things with, with, with text in them. And then underneath, you've got, what are they feeling? And that's where you have this kind of, it goes up and then down and up and down. And I use color and emojis. And, and, and then you get to like, what, what are the, what tools are they using? Like where the, what are they, you know, where, where, you know, are they actually spending their time? And then underneath, what are our opportunities as a company? Mm -hmm. And highlighted the key ones that we've already got on our roadmap. And then also highlighted other ones that rose to the top, but that aren't on our roadmap. Right, the blind tents. Yeah, and that thing, that that asset I created about a month ago, a little over a month ago, with with this researcher, is is just like game changing at the company right now, and and in, to the point where uh, one of the senior VPs, uh, you know, met with me today, and I created a pared down version for him to you know use with you know the other executive leadership to basically communicate. This is this is what we are doing right now this is why what difference we think we'll make and also these are the other things that we should keep on our roadmap and not lose track of and so like mm -hmm. you know it's not the only and, and i would do a caveat like that's not the only thing you want to do a lot of other stuff besides journey maps but like that's just a way one thing it's one element but it's it's also like a really great critical one and it's also a you know to me a sign that we're i'm at a healthy company that values the people i mean you know at a, at a at a large company, I'm definitely not at the top. You know, I'm many steps from the top. You know, so I'm what they probably would call middle middle management, and and so they're valuing the work of middle management, you know, right. and and the team that was involved in it, and they're valuing that at a very high level. And I think that's the sign of a healthy company. No, it's a really positive experience too. And and yeah, I mean, not every idea needs to be accepted, but at the end of the day. Why are we bringing people into the room if we're not even willing to listen to what they have to say? Now, we can debate how long we should let them uh, present that particular case. But, you know, these these games are such a low barrier to entry just because, like you said, if, who doesn't either have a memory of playing a game and having a good time or playing the game and getting something out of it that, that could be a net positive. And, and so, um, yeah, fantastic that you're able to, to change the culture. 
You know, I feel like the one thing we've deviated from in this podcast is we've spent a lot of time talking about internal games. Yeah. Let's let's just let's just take a like a left turn and talk about doing these games with customers. Oh well, well, and you and I both have given examples of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I was looking at the categories and, and, and going through, and and there are some really great ones. I mean, like you said, this isn't just for big tech companies. Um, I mean, there's games around how to do icebreakers with brand new teams, which would you know affect anyone from retail to well, manufacturing, absolutely, to whatever. Absolutely. Um, but you know, for me, I think. The journey mapping, the affinity maps, those things that that's in that's in like my core tool belt, right? Like I'm bringing that every time. That's where I'm going to start, and, and then I'm going to see where to deviate. But right. when you get in front of the customer, and you're trying to like, because I think one of the worst things that can happen with a customer call is to sit down and after you know the meet and greet for them to say, "Well, I've prepared a laundry list of the things, yeah, that I would like you to do," and you're like, "Okay." Well, that's, you know, that's not why we're actually there. We want to, we want to uncover the the problems that you're having and some of the things that you're doing. And then I always think about how do I get them to deviate from, well, that's why I have this list to, well, let's just take a step back. Thank you for the list. Let, let's hold on to it. Let's actually take a step back and walk through how you're using our offering today, whether that's in person or online or um, however, you know, you might engage where are those pain points occurring and, and get them to actually get them to participate in a way where they've lowered their, their barrier. They put their guard down, so to speak. And, and it will actually just have a, like engage in a conversation to see what you can actually begin to gain. Cause especially if, you know, in your situation with, you know, having research support, having someone there who can not only facilitate that conversation, but also help them uncover through Q and A and and diving into what they're doing. I mean, really, at the end of the day, you're trying to get the things they're not saying out onto paper. Yeah. The things they've got on paper, that's great. Like we'll take that away. We're not gonna, we're not throwing it away. I want to get the stuff that you're thinking about that you didn't or aren't able to effectively communicate yeah. and get yeah. that out. And that's where I think the game storming really has you know pretty pretty incredible value. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and even as you're talking, it's interesting. You know, I remember one project I was on oh years ago now, and, and uh, so many memories this episode. <laughs> We're gonna need to get some rocking chairs. <laughs> I don't know a rocking chair, darn it. Um, you know, one of the things I like to do, uh, and I'm not like great, great. Well, anyway, I would. Uh, this one one guy wanted me to to do this on these calls when we were doing exploration do the what uh where i would pull open my ipad uh-huh and i would get a whiteboard going oh, right and i would i would basically start taking notes on my whiteboard uh-huh but then for you know with me being a visual guy i would like kind of go oh and i draw a frowny face or whatever and then i draw and he says this is the bridge to that and i would draw a bridge and i would draw this and that and you know and I would do this thing, and at the end, it's like you've got this visual asset of this big old whiteboard yeah. with all these no. notes and graphics and visual. And while the person's talking, I'm just so this this product manager wanted me to share my screen as we were having this call and do this. But I, what ended up happening was beautiful because they said, "Oh, it's actually like yeah, if you go back on your whiteboard, it's like that thing over there we talked about." Oh, and I would draw this arrow. <laughs> 
connect all the, the way across. Yeah, but it was go. it was right. amazing to have this visual, right? And you know, it's not exactly it's not listed in the game storing book, but and and one of the things they encourage in the book is create your own games. Like now that you know these principles, right. like create your own activities, your own ways of getting outside of your head and in, in creating, you know, in, in the tools. And I think those are, are, are kind of, they've got, they've got, uh, you know, listed in the book, the 10 essentials of game store for game storming. And I think yep. it'd be useful for us to kind of go through each one. Let's do it. I mean, we can go briefly um, for some of them. We'll go appropriately. Appropriately. Indeed. <laughs> no need to sprint through. Because it, because I think, you know, what they what they want you to do is to think about, use these principles, these essentials. Right. And then come up with your own. And these are just a kicking off, like, starting point. Like, you know, there's there's all sorts of things you can do. And depending on your industry, depending on your context, and, you know, I, it's been kind of fun for me over the years to to explore a lot of different ways of getting outside of a regular conversation, getting a visual going, and actually making making this actually kind of a little bit fun so yeah um, so number one opening and closing so these aren't in the order of like do these things uh in or in this order because obviously opening and closing are these the uh, 10 yeah these are the 10 so number one essentials these are essentials and so that is you you really don't want to just like you you know just like any game, you got to explain the game rules. You got to say, "This is what we're doing. This is the purpose. This is what we're doing. This is our goal. This is where we're headed. This is what we want to try to figure out." Okay, let's go. And yeah. then the opening is the diverge. Like, let's go. Let's let's diverge. You ready? Let's go. Okay. So, for example, all right, everyone, take five minutes and write on your digital sticky notes your your biggest concerns with this project, or whatever. Your whatever. You ask him some question. That's your diverge. And then you have your emerge kind of exploring mm -hmm. him in the middle, but then you converge and you maybe you have dot voting or you discuss some or whatever, and then you have another activity. So like the open and the close, but you've got to have a sense of like this activity will end and this is how we're going to, we're going to diverge and eventually we're going to converge, but it's important to close things too. You can't just leave it open-ended. Right. And so... You know, at the beginning, we're thinking blue sky. We're thinking like big opportunity. Anisha is welcome. By the end of a game, you're trying to get a little more concrete. You're trying to get a little more like we know, you know, like let's get concrete. Let's get these steps. Let's 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 hone it down. So that's the opening and closing. And Love their comments on that before I move to two. I mean, I I wish more meetings went that way. <laughs> In general, I not mean, just game meetings. Any any meetings. In a, a non-professional uh, atmosphere, in the last two weeks, I I had a meeting where I had to show up with several people with lots of opinions, and I left. And um, I didn't mean to throw a grenade on my way out, but I kind of just said, <laughs> and "We didn't actually decide on anything in this meeting." Yeah, and it, it was for a nonprofit, and it was like we we kind of just got together and said a bunch of things, and I have no idea what we were talking about. And I'm not trying to be mean. I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And so you did not have a good facilitator. We did not. We didn't. And um, yeah. and 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 there's plenty of reasons why. But who hasn't been in that kind of a meeting? One hundred percent. You walk away and you're like, and and that's what your marketing peer, who yeah. is talking about, and said, I'm gonna lose a day and a half of my life, and I don't even know how I'm gonna get out of this. Yeah. I mean. 
So having like a, I even think before they even showing up, like as many people who can be aware of what's going to happen and know that, Hey, there's, here's the clear set of instructions. Here's the goal. Yeah. This is what, yeah. this is what good will look like. Right, right. Um, for me, I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but like, those are table stakes. Like they are. And this is, this is on at any meter. So whoever's leading this wants to be prepared ahead of time. And I think that's what it comes down to. Right. You need to have a structure. You need to know what you're going to go in and do. You don't just, you know, so, um, you know, if you're doing it digitally online, yeah. you have the whole thing ready. You've got the structure and the stickies out and you have even like some bare instructions ready to go so that people who join, if someone joins late, they can join in and go, oh, okay, this is what's going Yeah, the, it, it shouldn't be a, like, you're not, this isn't a gotcha. We're not, this right. isn't like a, right. a hidden camera. And, and I, there was also a marketing peer that I worked with at a completely unrelated company who was semi-religious about this principle and I really came to respect her. Um, she would, she, she would just say no to the meeting and you'd say, well, um, we'll just call her Susie. Susie, why aren't you going to come to this meeting? And her go-to was no agenda, no attenda. <laughs> Didn't matter. Didn't yeah. matter who it was. I like that. No agenda, no agenda. I mean, I do that. When, Hard no. When it's people who I don't meet with, every, you know, on a regular cadence, it was I, always, I always yeah. put an agenda. We would do like a quarterly one-on-one, and she's like, what do you want to talk about? And like, oh, sorry, like maybe I got busy, forgot about it, whatever. She's like, mm, sorry, see you next quarter. Well, that, okay, that's that's on her too, though, because she needs to have an agenda. Yeah, one-on-ones are, one one are maybe the best one, but. She needs to be more proactive in, in a one-on-one. But I, res- I respected it. And I'm like, yeah, what if we all actually said that? Yeah, but like, like I, I assume that when I'm having a one-on-one with someone at yeah, what level or above. Bad example. That I'm I'm bringing things to the table. They're bringing things to the table. We're going to fill a half hour like nothing. It's going to go fast. And it it usually does. Yep. And when it doesn't, it's on both of us. Not just me. Yeah. No, that's probably That's me. I mean, that's sad. But I, I appreciate, though, the, the no agenda, no agenda. I mean, like, that's it. I like that. All right, number two, the second essential is fire starting, and the whole concept is you want to you want to have a spark that ignites the imagination. So you've got to have a good question or whatever it is that gets people going. Oh yeah, you know, like if, if we were to start this company over again, what would we do? Yeah, or like you know, there's a great game. Uh, what do they call it? The anti, the anti problem. I can't remember what it's called now. That what they name it, but basically you're. You're basically saying, yeah, it's called the anti-problem. Yeah. So it's like, if you're unstuck, if you're stuck, right, and you want to get unstuck, you're at your wit's end. What you do is you basically say you're you're you haven't figured it out. You've tried other things. Then you say, all right, what are ways that you could solve the problem opposite to this current problem? And you try to like do this anti-problem, like okay. So like we're trying to get people to use such and such. How would you get people to not use such and such? And you know, so and then it gets people going, Oh, well, that was this is crazy. Like I would this, this, and this and this. And then you right. look at it and you look at all of those and you look at the inverse of all those and go, wait a second. There's something here. Wait a second. Yeah. What if we did that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. oh my gosh, this could be easy, you know? Yeah. Stop stop looking at the problem the same way. Yeah. So that's one of the games where we anti problem. And I and I love fire starting. That's that's absolutely critical. All right, number three, artifacts. And what this is is about is basically, you, it's not just a conversation, right? You can't. It's not just something 
that you're talking about, there's actually a physical element. If you're in person, you could even have like some of these, some of their activities are actually like, like acting and, 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 you know, doing things, but you've got to have, you know, maybe with a prop. But a lot of times for us, it's like sticky notes in the Sharpies. I was going to say that. Sticky notes and, and whatever. Whiteboard is. markers on the glass wall. Index cards. Uh, a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I think that is the, the best way to get people who you know aren't going to be in agreement because historically they haven't been to get on the same page is to force them to, to basically take their position. Right. Like, I need you to put this on a post-it note. Like, what do you think our biggest issues are? Right, right. Where are we not succeeding in the market mm-hmm. sport, in the marketplace? Yeah. Um, why is our team suffering regrettable attrition? Uh, I'm trying to think of like non-technical things. Uh, why are we not completing, you know, construction projects on time? Right, exactly. And everyone has an idea, but when you actually force someone to say it, then you know, that, that artifact becomes a catalyst for, oh, I see. Well, you're saying we aren't getting these particular construction projects done because we're losing personnel, but I actually think it's because we're not buying materials in advance fast enough. Right. Exactly. Right. So that's, and those are artifacts. Those are artifacts. So like people can see it. Right. And it's there. And then that leads to the, the point four, which is node generation. And what that is all about nodes is kind of their term but it basically means you're putting those artifacts somewhere in a way like maybe you're 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 putting on a, on a, on a matrix or yeah. on a target or on whatever or even like draw a big airplane on a whiteboard and say you know you know if you're drawing an airplane you know like the stuff at the back it's like this is the fuel we need this you know we we, we have to have this or we can't we can't do it and then you've got like you know the front of the plane is like where are we going and you know like you can you could use the play everywhere. You got the engines. You got the storage. You know, it's like whatever you draw, however you you categorize this stuff. Those are the nodes. Like you're, but a lot of times it's like maybe it's a way it's a poster board, or it's a certain part of the whiteboard, and you've, you know, yeah, you're you're trying to get you're trying to create the connections to relate the different items together in a way that would make sense. Yeah, right. Because a pl- a plane with a fuel tank isn't a plane. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Number five is the meaningful space. Uh, basically you've got to, you know, you've got to have everything. Um, you've got to make, make that environment, you know, the game, you've got to create that, that, mm, that space that says, all right, this is there's a start, there's an end, and this is what we're achieving. And this is kind of what this space is about, but it also involves kind of like, you know, it's similar to the nodes, like making sure that within that space, you've got, if it's physical, you've got whiteboards on every wall or you've got like, you know, you're ready. You're ready. Basically. If you're at a conference, there's a clear area where you're doing this activity. Right. right, right. And and those activities could happen on the, on the trade show floor. They could happen in a, in a separate room, like a closed off space where people can, you know, yeah. stay focused. Yeah. Um, I think the bigger one for me is, you know, if it's an internal meeting, um, I remember this was difficult for me the first couple of times. Um, hey, we're starting at this time. We're going to have a break at this time. Mm-hmm. And we're going to end by this time. Yeah. Unless we're done or you're on a break, then it's laptops closed. You will not need to use your laptop. Yeah. Oh, that's important. You, you that's would see people yeah. just completely, myself and Clegg, I'm totally guilty of this. Oh, 
or phones. Oh, I'm, just, I'll just, I'm just going to check this one thing. Phones. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Or could you get the whole thing and you could just be sitting there. You sit there with your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I had a chat with my kids today about this. I'm like, you need to be more, like, you know, be aware of social environments where you should put your phone away and struggle through the awkward moment. Because this new generation is really, I think, uh, at a disadvantage yeah. compared to us. You know, we just, because we didn't have those distractions, had to learn to get through the awkward moments of a conversation or whatever. Instead of going, hey, okay, well, I guess they're not asking me anything. I'll blow my I phone. guess they're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. But, but adults are the same way. We are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you're in a meeting and I'm losing your interest, all of a sudden I'm going to see the laptop open. And, and the best facilitators I've seen, I mean, they're not rude, but they're just like, Hey, we're not doing that right now. We're doing this. Yeah. And, 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 and we created space. Yeah. And it's really hard if you're in, especially in a room with other peers, like I think about quarterly planning and it's like, really, I'm going to be the one person opening my laptop. These people are all just as important as I am. Yeah, yeah. They're all got their own things they have to be worrying about, but yet they're not. That's, that's the beauty of in person too, because you know online and this is. Oh, you can't dog. No. Well, this, yeah, we struggle with online. I mean, I I can sit here and look at my screen right now, and I, and, and Effie's looking. I I have three screens. I could easily look at one screen and be doing something over here, exactly. and I often do. Yeah. So yeah, the in person one, I I think that's a lot, and then and then I think the question has to become, as a facilitator, hey guys. And gals, do we need more breaks? Do you need more fighting? Because that's what we would do. Like some people would get coffee, restroom, whatever. Yeah. Most yeah. people would just check their email. Like, hey, is there anything blowing up right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Usually no. Like nothing was blowing up. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. okay, but you need that. But I get restless in meetings. I do. I get tired, restless. Just like it's, no, it's crazy. Yeah, you got to get up. You got to get people moving. Which is why I like the game storming. Yeah, because it's a little bit of sitting. It's a little bit of instruction. It's a little bit of self reflection, quiet time, and then it's community and social interaction. It, it and it keeps people engaged. Yeah, you know how many just meetings have I been in where I'm not engaged? But these ones, I'm always always engaged, and I think that's the difference, and that's why doing activities like these are so so important absolutely so number six sketching and model making um now what's interesting about this because we think well sketching you know yeah dry or creating models of something um they because they also recognize that there's other ways to not just visual sketching like with a paper on pencil yep uh sketches could also be like acting um and a sketch could also be, you know, um, they had three things here, like, uh, like a comedy sketch, right? Um, or or sketch out this plan, right? So like an outline of something. So a sketch basically, you know, they they define a sketch with the, that is in it, it's informality, looseness, and brevity. And so basically, a good sketch is just enough information in it to get an idea across. So you could like, because they have they have some some activities, like I said, that where it's like, okay. Act out this situation. What would you do? Yeah, like a day in the life. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you know, and, 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 you know, for you and I, in our, in our work, in our industry, we're usually drawing or writing. But sometimes you could do, all right, here's an index card. Do a quick sketch of 
you know, one of them would be like the elevator pitch. That's one of their games for me. Yeah. Okay. Create a quick elevator pitch, and there's there's structure of the elevator pitch, which is if I if I were to find it, it was it's like we're doing this for this because this product will do this, and uh, as opposed to this this uh, competitor, we're this, you know, and that's like your elevator pitch, right? And that's like a, you know a sketch activity. You're drawing, you're writing that down. So it's not a drawing, but you're communicating something quick and pithy and informative. And so that's the sketch aspect. Of no, it's really good. You remember a, a, a good friend of ours down in Colorado was big into the, uh, the the comic book panels. Yes, indeed. And would tell great stories. Yeah. On what what a day in the life of a user persona would look like yeah, yeah. if we actually solved their problem. Yeah. And that was a really great way to get stakeholders on board. And and that's good. And there's there one of their games is called Draw the Problem. And it's that exact thing. You draw you write the problem down and then everyone okay, draw it. Yeah. And it's actually interesting. I actually yeah. I have this one tagged and I've actually never done it. I'm like, now that you're saying that, I'm like, I wanna do this one. I'm gonna do this. Next time I'm gonna do draw the problem. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good one. Uh you know, it's like playing charades too, right? It's like I mean, if you ever want to see what someone's oh, really thinking about a particular area, it's a uh, oh my gosh, it's a it's a good one to go to. Oh, uh, charades! I I well, you know, I'm sure you're not surprised. I'm a huge. I'm fan. not shocked in the slightest. <laughs> uh, I, had, I had another friend call me from the Pacific Northwest, and he said that they did a family game night. Yeah, and uh, he said, "Well, we all started with um, writing down all the different charades that we could do." Okay. Like, why are you calling me? I don't, I don't need to, I don't <laughs> need to really know this. And he said, you're going to laugh. He said, but, uh, my youngest son, um, we found out submitted one and it was the charade was Jason Moore. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm not even really sure. I want to know what happened. <laughs> Am I going to be insulted? And he goes, no, it was really funny. And so he told me the whole story and how they ended up guessing. They charaded you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was one of the topics. I was one of the topics. Uh, you are iconic. Like you're iconic. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, do this, we do this one where uh, we uh, we have phases. Yeah. And uh, my brother, he calls it fishbowl charades, and he loves this. We've actually now played it a few times. Yeah, it sounds like this wasn't a, a singular event. No, no, we've never done it but it takes all night, so you got to be super committed. But you write down a bunch of clues, and then the first round is like taboo. You got to get people to guess the thing, and then the yeah the word. So it's like say say Abraham Lincoln, and so you you've got to like say you know there's a founding father who was president during the Civil War. It's Abraham Lincoln, okay. And then the next round is charades, and so you've got to like. But now people all know all these clues that have been guessed the first time, so it's actually hilarious. It's a fun game uh, because now you're. You're standing up there, and you're like, uh, you maybe you grab your beard and you make a top hat, and someone's like, oh, Abraham Lincoln, because that's the iconic, you know, from the Washington, D.C. Oh, God. So you're playing like several games at once. Yeah. And then the third round, you know, there's like six rounds. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. It takes all night. Yeah. Make sure you but let me know when that's going to happen. Cause you're not going to stop. I might be sick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will go into all the details. If you yeah. want to know, you can uh, write, write to us at uh, questions at you experts. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's it's a fun game, and and so anyway, um, we're off topic because we're talking skin. No, it's fine. We're on it, number it, seven. Yeah, number seven. But we're at actually number seven. Well, it, speaking it, of hold which, on, hold on. Oh, oh. 
it is all involving games. So, so yeah. Number seven is randomness, reversal, yep. and reframing. Yep. And actually, so here we that, go. That's the whole point. That's, that's the whole point of game story. It's to actually put people in a comfortable, uncomfortable position. Exactly. You want to get them outside of you know their comfort zone in, yep. in, a, in a professional way yep. to help uncover questions that you need to have answered. Otherwise, there is actually no reason to do this. Yeah. Um, and the randomness is critical to get out of your normal brain way of thinking. And that's mm -hmm. what actually is beautiful. That's right. They have a great Leonardo da Vinci quote here, which I won't read in full, but basically he's like, look at the clouds, yeah. look at the stones and see what you can see. And like, what, what images come out for you just by looking at that? And, you know, this is, I mean, of course I have, of tremendous, of course, anyone in the world has tremendous. I was going to say he drew the the first helicopter. So. Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, like, you know, look at that for well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what he would do is he would look at a wall, a stone wall, and see what images came up from there, or look at the clouds and see what images. Mm -hmm. And I did watch some, well, whatever uh, movie about him at one point, but okay. yeah, looking at the clouds. But um, yeah, I think I think creating that. That element uh, is important. So, number eight, improvisation. Uh, basically, you're uh, expounding intuitively, so the environment and your inner feeling. Oh, you're you're responding intuitively to the environment and your inner feeling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we we would do this a couple of different ways. I mean, first, uh, we would typically show up with with one or two, no more than three different games that we would try right. with customers, especially in a large public setting, because right, right. it's a divide and conquer. I mean, trade show floor is packed. Everyone else is doing stuff. You're doing stuff. There's natural competition. Which one is going to work? And if, if the one I, if the one I thought was going to work didn't, I better be ready to, to deviate right away. Right. Exactly. And, and then, you know, and, and then again, I think the one where we had a game and the barrier to entry was too large because the problem was unknown you have to dumb it down as a poor use of words. You have to simplify what it is you're doing right, right. to maximize the value you're going to get from it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or you have a room full of introverts and nobody wants to talk or draw. And it's well, like, and that's why. <laughs> that's why the, the structure of a game is so important. Because yeah. when you have, when you have the, the structure, the quiet people end up contributing too. And I think... You know, I think it's so important that a facilitator yes. really is is hyper aware of bringing in the diverse kinds of people out yes. there. I mean, it's a really important skill to have. Yes, is getting everyone to be contributors. That, that's the whole point. And, and you know, we we brought it up when we were talking about doing some of the early kind of sketching was, um, you know, the best way to get uh, an engineer who's either disengaged or, or maybe feeling self conscious being in a room with a designer is, Hey, look at this ugly drawing that I did. You can easily do better than this and lowering that barrier to entry or, yeah. you know, I always think, uh, you know, being a little self-deprecating, especially as you and I are largely extroverts, yeah. a little self-deprecation lightens the mood and gets other people engaged Yeah, and, and, and says, Hey, everyone's welcome here. We want everyone to participate because, it is often the people, um, not that you least expect, but the people that maybe aren't going to take over a conversation 
that are going to have like really amazing things to contribute. And it's yeah. like, I need to get that out of you. Oh, absolutely. I have yeah. to get that out of you. Yeah. And the only way I'm going to do that is to make you feel comfortable yeah. and to trust the the process and then to do this. Yeah. And you have to improvise. And, and, and just to call out extroverts like us have to learn to keep our mouths shut. <laughs> you know, I'm going to disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're joking because it's, yeah. it's absolutely, no, it will never work out yeah. if you fill the space. What? Right. You have to be, learn to be quiet when it, but you know, if you can't, then you just ask a question and then shut up and you wait for that introvert to talk. User testing. Yeah. For you just admit, like you're not even going to say anything. I'm just going to send that quiet member yeah. in your your company right. too. You have to hear everyone in the room. If you don't, then you you've been unsuccessful, right. and you shouldn't have invited them. Why did you invite them if you're not hearing from them? You have to hear from everyone. Yeah, yeah you want to get as much yeah. equal time. And what I love about any of the the you know, as we mentioned at the beginning of this, you know, when you what I love about getting stickies, you know, as a, as a first thing, yep, is it level sets everybody can write and think of ideas in five minutes and and you know maybe you know someone only has one sticky well that's okay you know ideally everyone has more than one you know uh, you know like one of their principles is qual qual quantity over quality initially right yeah quantity is far more important initially when you're ideating when you're coming up with stuff don't worry about if you're sketching ideas, don't worry about coming up with like something that's beautiful. Just draw this thing quick, quick, quick. And that's impossible. If you yes. can come up with 10 ideas in five minutes instead of one idea in five mm-hmm. minutes, that's better. Agreed. And so, and that's just a part of the, the factor. But yeah, then then everyone shares, including the introverts. And I think that's, that's really important. 100%. All right. The next thing I will say is number nine, selection. And that's really kind of, we've already talked about dot voting. Selection, you want to have some element in whatever your activity is of of diverge and start to converge. You want to say, okay, and, and let's say it's a 30-minute activity mm-hmm. and and it's it's a quick one. You do a quick brainstorm thing and then everyone discusses and you and then you have a convergence. You have some sort of selection. You go, all right, what's our takeaways? How are, where do we go? Where are we going from here? Let's converge and and kind of Everyone get on the same page. Especially if you have multiple sessions, you need to make sure you're wrapping up one before you're going on to the next. And um, and and I also think it's important too. You know the 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 metaphor of like chew the meat, spit out the bones. Like, right. it doesn't mean the idea sucks, but there's a natural selection process that just occurred, and if you can't see it, right, that is giving us the direction on where we need to put the most amount of energy doesn't mean we're getting rid of everything else right right we're just setting it aside and and if you can get a room of people to agree on the top one or two things and you have an amazing opportunity oh it's incredible it's incredible yeah um all right number all right drum roll drum Drum roll roll. number 10 this is actually a great one and when i i reread this i thought they were all good they were all good yeah yeah but i (laughs) touche uh when I read this one today, I was like, I was instantly going, I, I instantly felt um, yeah. a sense of chagrin because I don't think I've done this for uh, the last couple Number 10 is try something new. Um, because what they're basically saying is make it a practice to try at least one new thing every time you game storm. It will keep you honest, force you to continuously mm-hmm. develop and improve, 
and keep things fresh and alive for you. You won't inspire others unless you can stoke your own fires. Woo! That, that, that was a barb for me because, yeah. I, you know, I've been doing it so many years now that I just have my tried and true activities. And uh, I need this. I'm going to try that. I need this. I'm so do that. And maybe it's a, maybe that they have yeah. number ten on there to pitch their books. It's like you got to keep our book out. I mean, keep that's the crazy thing about it is that they gave you the blueprint. Yeah, they gave you a couple games to prime the pump to get yeah. you going. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, you know, for anyone who was around the time that we began learning this particular skill. I think all of us are maybe evolving the games. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like you, when you said try something totally new, I'm like, oh wow, that risk. Like my blood pressure went. But they've got they've got like a hundred games. They do. I mean, I haven't done. There's one here called the hundred dollar test. Actually, I have done a similar one to this. This is a closing game where you basically say, all right, here's all the things we've talked about, and here's the why. Yep. And in the in the middle column, you've got the dollar amount, and it's like how much money. And you could call it a million dollars, a thousand dollars. It's it's dot bone. How much money would you put to each one of these things? Yeah. No, I've done this before. I had a product manager who did the. Oh, how did he do it? It was actually a lot of fun. I was going to say, I think I've I've seen this. He did. Uh, it was like a coffee, a computer, and a car. They were all the three C's: coffee, computer, car. And he says, "Okay, how much if you had a, a, the amount for a coffee, which is like you know five bucks? Yeah. A computer, which is a thousand bucks." Or a car, which is like, you know, 30000 But It's like, which one of the, you know, how much would these cost, these things that you... Oh, it's like the kind of prices right rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we would write, we would draw yeah. next to this thing, this idea. It's like, yeah. oh, I really want this. And he's like, I think that's a car. And he starts drawing a car. I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, you're right. It's yeah. above a computer. <laughs> it would cost us more than a computer. Well, yeah, because the, it multiplies. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I'm like, darn it. Interesting. It is a car. <laughs> no, that, that's a good one. The $100 one I've heard, um, the, the three votes is always a good go-to because um, it, you know, instead of someone, you know, dividing up 100 bucks into pennies and quarters, um, you know, you're, you're, you're forcing a reaction, which is really what you're trying to get to. Yeah. And again, we're, we're not, we're not going to pivot entire company's uh, roadmap based on three dots, but it is going to give us a good consensus on where we might want to dig in a little bit deeper. Yeah. And, and, and again, you always have to think about what's the intent of the activity we're doing. Um, so yeah, I, I would be more for, instead of doing something new, um, evolving and learning from... Oh, come previously. on! You're copping out! You're copping out! I don't think... I don't know that I would randomly go... I mean, I guess... You gotta, you gotta expand your horizons, Jay. You know, I just need to be more open-minded. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> well, you know, we all have room to grow. So that is indeed the truth. And I think that's, I'm really what it's about. Yeah. I mean, it's saying, look, you know, like you should continue to evolve as a person. Yeah. You should continue to try new stuff. That's right. The reality is, is you know, as I was reviewing this book today to, you know, for this podcast, you know, and it's a book that I've. I've, I used a ton yep. in my earlier years, and I and it's fallen off. and And uh, I'm realizing, oh yeah, I I need to like keep this book next to my desk and and just get inspired now and again, and and yep. realize there's different techniques. And you know, as I was going through, I was realizing, oh, I've actually used a lot of these even in the last like three months. Right. So some of it was pat on the back, but like you know, recognizing there's a lot of room to grow. I think I think. 
as humans, we need to do that. There, there is definitely uh, an amount of satisfaction from opening up and seeing one of these games, and 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 I know each time I've used it, and I found a new game, and I've said, "Wow, that would be absolutely perfect for this particular yeah, situation." Yeah, but yeah. this was this is it, and and it, it kind of just jumps out to you. So. From that standpoint, pretty good. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we all do tend to put our, our tool belt together. But just as a reminder, I mean, we covered such a small amount of the total. Oh, I know. Yeah, there's, like I said, there's yeah. like a hundred. And you go online and, and for free, you can just. For free. I mean, you go to gamestorming.com. You can see, uh, you know, they have tips for to be a, a good facilitator. They have tips for any meeting, which I'm yeah. guessing is like a general category. Innovating, opening, planning, presenting, problem solving, team building and alignment, games for updating or review meetings, games for vision and strategy, game yeah. storming experiences. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just goes on and on. Oh, yeah. And and it's and, and really it's useful because you say, All right, this is a new group of twenty five people. We we need an icebreaker yeah. that will also not just be like a hey, you know, Find somebody who's who's been to France. Like, like who cares, right? Like, that's not a good icebreaker. Well, you haven't been to France yet, so um, I have, but I'm about to go again. Okay, um, okay. but um, but you know that kind of thing is is not as as good an icebreaker. Is something that's more targeted to more meaningful. Yeah, it's it's an icebreaker, but it also actually gets people in the problem space or in in the world. So. I think being intentional with that stuff is really is really key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so. very you know they're they're very um, they're very prescriptive. They're absolutely not dogmatic. And and I would just say the last thing, um, any of these games are are meant to be a uh, a suggestion, and you should absolutely adapt them for your particular business need or industry. Yeah, and if you do that, then it could work for any team. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're precursors. Any knowledge worker can benefit from from thinking. And that's right. So absolutely, you know, we we tend to be creatives in the UX space, so we sometimes you know, gravitate toward this. But um, I think, I think, yeah, I mean, when you when you think about a lot of different professions and spaces, I think, uh, yep, bringing this in can can just be intre- incredible. To, to bring about good change. You know, imagine if city planners, you know, use, use this kind of, you know, whatever the space, right? Like, I mean, I, you know, my suggestion of, you know, the top 50 CEOs doing this to decide return to office policy would be astronomical. Yeah. I, I think our government would benefit from it. Oh, yeah. yeah just imagine <laughs> that. Like, imagine our government sort of doing activities like this. You know, and, and I think there's a... We should have... We should have... Well, just calling out. Just calling yeah. out, though. Like, like... I think people, maybe they, they think it's not professional or something, or they like, you know, like they've got a hesitance, like maybe there's a shamefulness about it. Like, oh, if I do this, will they, will they look at me poorly or something? I think, you know, when you, I think government, you know, that, that triggered that for me, like that, that sense that like they, there's a hesitation that some people have to this. Right. And I think you've got to get your ego off the shelf. Mm. You've got to say, this isn't about me. This is about like. And in in a sense, I'll make a fool of myself potentially, and have people do this game quote, you know, activity, yeah, whatever, yeah. to to like to get people out of their shells and to like work on this thing. And what you'll find though is that every human being in society 
is actually really open to this stuff. And as soon as they do it, it's like that that example I gave with that marketing leader where they mm-hmm. they were hesitant and they were so so happy afterward. They were like, "This was really incredible." You know, it, it, what a great opportunity to turn you know the biggest critics into you know the raving the raving fans. Yeah, because they'll take those back to their teams and say, "Oh, we're going to do something like this for this situation," mm-hmm. and then now all of a sudden. This is how it gets, you know, spread around more and more. And you hopefully don't find yourself, you know, working for a company that just hands you a script and says, well, I'll execute on this. Yeah, that would, that would be a no, no, bummer. Yeah, I'm a total, bummer. totally. I, I wouldn't be, be happy about that. And, you know, and in the same breath, I've been given a script, but I've invented it in, in the way that makes sense to me. Sure. And frankly, I've now changed the script and everyone trusts me now at what the company. And they're just like, yeah, you you give us the script, you know. And I think that's what happens when you provide that leadership, right. that creativity, and you get the buy-in. You know, you now run enough of these sessions that I've run sessions like this with all sorts of people now, and and you get that buy-in where the executives in the end go, I want to talk to this guy because this guy's making a difference in the company. You know, right. and that's. That I think that happens. You know, you just got to get out of your your worry and your your your. Uh, you know, you got to be a bit humble and go. You know what? Maybe I'll make a fool of myself, but I'm going to do this anyway because this is what I know the company needs and this is what our team needs. So, yeah, no, great, great, great point. Great yeah, thought. man, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I told you, man, this was like a good a good length of a podcast. This was fun. Well, you know me, I'm, I'm never, never too picky on how long the podcast go. <laughs> I, I said, we, we will go until it ends. So, and here we are. And, and here we are. And I think we wrapped it up really, really well. Um, again, check out gamestorming.com. Um, they do have a number of resources available. Also, be sure to check out Amazon. They have both digital and, and hard copy books. And uh, share your stories. If you decide, if you heard this, and this is something you want to, uh, introduce into your organization. Um, let us know how it goes, especially if you know you're hitting some roadblocks. You know, Effie and I would love to uh, provide some some context and, and, and guidance, or at least tell you things that we wish maybe we did different uh, if we were to start all over again. Yeah, um, those are always good lessons learned. But uh, just want to thank everyone for joining us on episode 19 of the U Experts podcast. Please continue to support the podcast by subscribing and providing questions for future episodes to questions at uexperts.info. And as we close out and you think about how you're going to go about not only designing, but game storming your future, remember to make it a better one for all. Tev.